Hi there, Paula Eamon here with a heart full of love for you and a heart's desire to encourage you to endure this short life with joy and hope by the grace of God for the glory of God. Happy almost new year. I hope your Christmas was encouraging. As much as I try to simplify, it always ends up being busy anyway. And I think truly, if we stripped everything away and just celebrated the Lord's first coming, it would be enough. It would be more than enough. It would be eternally enough. And after Christmas, what hope we would have if we meditated every day on the truth that the Savior came down in human flesh to dwell among us. I speak for myself when I say that I can't get my mind wrapped around the truth that He's coming again. I want to make that my New Year's resolution, that I'll meditate on that truth at the beginning of every day in 2023. I have a feeling it may change my outlook on life. Want to join me in that resolution? Before we dive into episode 11, a resolution to trust in the goodness of God, I want to give you some background information. My guest today is my friend Wixie Hybor. She and her husband work at Redcliffe Bible Camp. Redcliffe started back in the mid-70s and is still being used by the Lord to serve kids, teens, ladies, men, couples, and families. My husband grew up going there and considers it to be one of the biggest contributors to his spiritual life. The property is around 8,000 feet in elevation on one of the mountains in the Wind River Mountain Range near Pinedale, Wyoming. The facilities at camp are camper and staff cabins, a pavilion which normally serves as the chapel, a lodge, and a laundry facility. There is also a climbing wall and a zip line, which I can tell you is a ton of fun. During this interview, Wixie and I will mention two things, the tragedy with her tool trailer and the lodge fire. The Hypors started out as missionary builders, so tools were vital to their ministry. Well, tragically in 2007, their tool trailer was stolen while they were helping build Sunday school classrooms at a church in South Carolina. They prayed immediately that morning, asking God to help them find it. God answered, but it was found burnt to the ground. Shortly after that, they hit a deer with their truck. The truck was totaled. The lodge at camp was used as the kitchen, the dining room, the coffee shop, and other things. It was in the middle, if not towards the tail end of a huge addition being built. In February of 2017, it burned to the ground. We were all devastated. Okay. That should give you some context for two of the topics Wixie and I are going to talk about. There is much more on top of that. Now let's drop in on our conversation. Wixie and her husband work at Redcliffe Bible Camp, which is in Pinedale, Wyoming, and they've been there for almost 10 years, which I absolutely cannot believe y'all have already been there for that long. Yeah, um, my husband has been going there for a lot longer because oh. we were missionary builders before. Okay. So we actually had... We got married and then I started going to Redcliffe. So it's almost 17 years for me and a wow. lot longer for him. Wow. Well, um, as you can hear, my friend has a beautiful accent. So I'm going to let her tell us where she's originally from. So I will call myself as an American by choice. Okay. Because <laughs> I am an American citizen. Uh -huh. But I was born in Venezuela, raised in Venezuela. I moved to Antigua when I was 24, and I moved to the States when I was 27. Oh, wow. So my accent just sticks with me. I just, 
I actually found an ornament the other day that says, I am no Lao, I'm just Venezuelan, because I'm very loud. <laughs> and I told my friend, I said, I should buy it because it does fit my personality. <laughs> that, that's how it got for me. That's exactly right. And that's why I love Wixie so much, because she and I are both emotional creatures. <laughs> Yeah, very expressive. <laughs> so I guess I probably met you then, Wixie. Um, I don't know, probably 10 years ago, although we were still living in North Carolina and I didn't actually get to come to Redcliffe very much in our North Carolina years. But um, it's I've probably known you going on that long. Yes, yes. I was actually trying to recount that. And I was I always watch like because I grew up in Venezuela, we dressed like very formally. Uh-huh. So there is people who sticks on my mind up at Redcliffe because at Redcliffe, you know, you're wearing jeans and t-shirt and you're running like crazy. Yeah. And the one who dress a little nicer, she's like, oh, there must be from somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I guess I stuck out in a good way then. <laughs> <laughs> you did. After catching up for a few minutes, I asked Wixie to fill us in on what she and her husband do up at Redcliffe. So I am the one that deals with the hospitality area. So mm-hmm. cleaning and just making sure cabins are clean or staff is clean. Mm-hmm. Really, I'm more behind the things than in front, which... Mm-hmm. How God wanted it. Yes, exactly. And then what does your husband do? He is, he does maintenance uh, in all areas. Like he does grounds and vehicles and he has a title now. I don't even remember. (laughs) But but he's in charge of um, all of the more health camp function. And then, you know, just making it happen behind the scenes all day. All of those areas that we don't think of, like oh, vehicles yeah. or water or electric or grounds or buildings. It's just, that's what he does. Wixie's husband, Dave, has been absolutely essential in the progress of the new lodge being built. We are all so thankful for him. Countless volunteers have also come to put their shoulder to the plow. Even though we were all heartbroken when the old lodge burned down, Wixie has been faithful to reflect a solid trust in the Lord's good plan to the staff, the volunteers, and anyone else who crosses her path. God has done amazing things through it all. And we are of the belief that the Lord can take any building and the Lord can take anything. Life is harder to to recover from. So we are glad that he took the lodge to teach us to just work, to invest in others. The way that God opened doors for us to invest on volunteers and people who come up and down. And it is such a neat ministry to see mm-hmm. people excited to help and to work. And and you have an opportunity to actually ministry to them while they're working, which is different than a camper that they sit down to listen to God's word. And you do invest in them on and off, you know, here and there. But when you have a worker, you have those one-on-ones all day. They're just mm-hmm. working alongside them. Mm-hmm. So it is neat to see how God has orchestrated all of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, and I know Dave has had a big part in the the renovation. And so we're just so thankful in, in his sacrifice and just his steadfastness. And that's a big job. And I know uh, by default, that means uh, you've probably had even more on your plate, I would imagine. 
Yeah, it, I have a friend that the other day when we actually have right now a ministry who decided to do a match fund for camp. So it's 200,000. Wow. They're matching up to 200,000 if people give to, to the building project. And I had a friend that came to us, came to me and said, oh, I'll be praying for you because that means David has quadrupled his work. But God has been so faithful to just supply. And my husband was a missionary builder before coming to camp. So he knows. And when I came, when I got married to him, that's what we did. We traveled for seven years on an RV and ministry. And that was what we did. It was building mm -hmm. projects. So some people say, well, when it's finished, you know, will you not have a ministry, you know, part at Redcliffe? And I said, oh, it's okay. Things always break. Yeah. <laughs> there is always, always, always something. So we look forward to that. And and God has a sense of humor. You know, when mm -hmm. he took the lodge that winter, my husband looked at a friend and said, okay, I just have to put this faucet and put some uh, doorknobs and something on a cabinet. And then this project will be actually done. And that weekend, God took it. Wow. But God is good. God knows exactly what we need when we need it. I mean, he knew we needed a better building that it was not one side new and one side old. He, he knows it all. So he has a plan. Mm. I'm so thankful for Wixie's focus on the goodness of God through the lodge fire and all the aftermath. I'm also incredibly thankful for a believer like her who is willing to transparently talk about their past for the purpose of giving us hope in the changing power of the Lord. This next section is fairly raw. Wixie and I discuss some sensitive things. I pray the Lord uses it in your life to inspire you to endure the darkest chapters in your life. We start on a happy note, though. I asked her how she met her hubby. We met in Antigua. So, like I said, I grew up in Venezuela. Um, I believe that God had a huge plan, bigger than my own life. And um, I guess to back off a little bit, my my dad hung himself when I was five. Oh no! And my mom got saved the year before he oh. did that. And I got saved um, the year after. But when I got saved, I felt like God had a plan. Mm -hmm. And then I was only maybe six and a half, seven. And then when I was nine, I really felt like God was calling me to be a missionary. Huh. And I was asthmatic. So my mom will always play for my, pray for my husband. So in Venezuela, it's not like in America. You know, in America, you have asthma and you get an inhaler or a nebulizer and you take it home. And that was amazing to me. My niece had one of those when I moved to the States. And I was like, wait, you can take it home? Oh. <laughs> so anyway, we used to sit in the hospital and we would pray for my husband. My mom would read the Bible and she would pray for my husband and I would pray for my husband and she'd say, well, we don't know how he is. And she was very concerned of who I was going to end up with. And so all through my years as teenagers, even when I was dating, I didn't make the best choices. And I was molested as a kid. So there was many things that I was like, oh, I'm not pure anymore. So anyway, I can, mm. I can just make foolish decisions. 
And, but every time I will walk up with a boyfriend, I will tell them, I'm sorry, but I'm praying for my husband. And I know you're not my husband. And they will cry and it will be bad, but I will be like, oh, why am I not so patient? Which I am not a patient person. The Lord is constantly teaching me to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> and so because of it, I was constantly praying for him. And, and when my mom moved to Antigua, she actually moved to Antigua because of Chavez. Chavez was towards the people and whatever. And he had all these ideas of how the common people should be on embassies and should be representative. Anyway, my mom got one of those jobs. We would have never in our minds would have been able to live Venezuela. And I am a great believer that to the children of God, God is always protected them and always guiding them and always just giving beyond what we dream of. So she ended up in Antigua and I came to visit when I finished political science and the ambassador said, hey, somebody needs a teacher. Um, would you like to teach? And I was like, sure. So I started teaching and serving at the Caribbean Radio Lighthouse. I will go volunteer. And God opened the door to this man to come and just say, well, why did you don't hire her? And they were like, we don't have any money for that. He's like, I'll match her support. You raise it and I'll match it. And when I met the missionaries, the wakes, the bakers, and the curriculums, I was, I was a Christian. I was safe, but my standards were very different. I, I really, I grew up very different. Mm-hmm. And they invested in me and they mm-hmm. just worked on me. And so the year I met my husband, it was a year later. And I look back and I go, if God would have brought us together the year before, he would have run away. <laughs> yeah. But when I met him, God had exactly everything planned. And I have prayed for silly things like I wanted him to be a missionary and I wanted to be the son as a pastor and I wanted him to have a track. And, <laughs> and I, he had. Aww. But then it was kind of fun because God also was teaching me to depend on him because the person who molested me was a carpenter with a green truck and with glasses. And when I met my husband, he was a missionary builder. And then he also did, he finished his bachelor's, but he was a carpenter and he had a green truck and he had glasses and God was teaching me to trust him. And now we look at him and say, I don't know why I'm talking to you, which, but God was good. God had a plan and and he he had guided both of us on everything. He used to question God on why can he not date anybody. But since I was a kid, I was praying that he will not date anybody, that oh. he will not kiss anybody, that he will not kiss anybody. Except me when his wife. <laughs> and yes. Aww. And yet I will make all these mistakes that God protected him. The whole time while oh. I was so anyway, God is God is very gracious, very very gracious, mm. very merciful. Just to uh, we have a friend and he his uh, past was very difficult and um, and he ended up um, very long story short marrying a very godly girl and uh, his he took a verse I re- I wish I could remember the reference but it's in one of the minor prophets that's the phrase that says um he will redeem the years that the locusts have stolen or eaten or something like that. And it's just the testimony that God can, 
take a life and redeem it and make it beautiful, you know. Sure enough, I looked the verse up. It's Joel 2.25a, and it says, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. So we had, um, when I met my husband, I was, I felt like I was not worthy of him. Yeah. And my friends, my missionary friends, they were like, no, no, you are worthy. So one night we were talking and we were, we were getting very interested on each other. So he came to the States to do work. He came back. And when he came back, he said, I will not tell you I love you until mm-hmm. I can love you as Christ loved the church. Wow. Like, oh, I'm going to marry this man because the day (laughs) I marry this man, I will wear white robes and all my past will be gone. Hmm. It's like God will redeem me. And I truly believe he did. And I mean, my husband is not perfect. We do not have the perfect marriage. But nobody, nobody does, right? (laughs) Nobody does. But he did not ask for my past. And he has never really, I mean, he knows lots of things, but he never wanted details. He never, and I truly, I am very grateful for the way that God redeemed my life and rescued me, even though all of that was going on before. So such a beautiful picture of salvation, you know, yeah, God just redeems you and then he takes you where you are and he grows you in his grace and. Um, yep (laughs) yeah and he he did he definitely grew me and and grew me a lot he Hmm. did grew me a lot and he let me make many many mistakes but he actually brought me back and rescued me and redeemed me and prepared me for ministry I I look at the years in Antigua and daily they taught me what true salvation is what true redemption is what true growth is, what true reading your Bible is, and mm. and all the things that I needed to learn. Mm. So Wixie believed with all of her heart that the Lord had led her and Dave together. Naturally, that means everything fell into place perfectly. Well, no. Even as early as their wedding date, the Lord gave them moments of having to depend on his perfect will and timing. Well, this is going to be a quick, <laughs> a quick recap of our marriage life, but when we were waiting for my fiance visa, Edino came when we wanted to. We wanted to get married April 14th. It came April 30th. So our waiting in our wedding invitation said, it said actually it had a little paper that said, Rejoice with us. The wedding is June 10th, because they were already made. So it, we just corrected it. Then back forward to a year and a half. And we get our trailer stolen. We had no tools anymore. We had, on the way home from that church, um, we hit a deer. Oh. And we lost our truck, which is that green truck that I mentioned in the beginning. And so in a moment of a few months, we had lost it all. And my husband felt like, you know, God must have a plan. And I was like. I think our plan is to find a job and quit missionary builders. Yeah, but, yeah. But he was like, no, God has a plan. So God restored beyond, like above and beyond what we dream of. And we had a verse and it was on Genesis 50, what God, what they meant it for evil, God meant it for good. Yeah. Because Joseph was telling that to his brother. So 
looking back to that, got restored, all of that, we get a, I mean, pay for a brand new trailer with a toy hauler, hauler like we were praying for, a truck with a fuel tank like we were praying for, all of those pay, got restored tools little by little. Um, then a year after that, I end up in bed with Anna, waiting to see what was going to happen with this child. And we will just go and recite um, these verses, Psalm 27, 13, and 14. And it says, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And again, I say, wait on the Lord, which is Psalm 27, 14. But before that, it says, I have fainted unless I believe in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And that verse, has been just so real to me. I mean, I came from Venezuela. I have been with hunger, with political turmoil, with robberies, with mm -hmm. all the things. Mm -hmm. But every time God has rescued my life, my loved one's life, and yes, he took my dad, mm -hmm. but he had a plan and a purpose for it. And then... Through our daughter, we have had many, many struggles. The new one this year was her seizure. And I was so discouraged. Um, but this is like, this is like the top. I, I don't want this. <laughs> and I was not ready. I had never read on it. I had never listened about it. I had never, it had never been in, in our radar. And I had a friend who had invited me to a ladies' retreat. And I mean, before that, and I had no idea that later on that will happen to our daughter. And so anyway, we, on the way there, I was praying, Lord, just, just do something. You have to help me because I am devastated. And you were in the van. And you share your testimony with me. Mm. And you were an answer. I mean, a complete answer. Exactly what I needed. And the hope I needed. Mm. And I was ready to come off my seat on the ladies' retreat. Mm. And I was telling I was telling my friend, I said, no, I am not going to be the one ministry to. We are the ones that ministry. We are Redcliffe Bible Camp. You know, we host people. And the brokenhearted come. And the unsafe. And all these people come. But I do not want to be on that seat. But God taught me and he has shown me the same, like he prepared my heart and he had a plan for us to be there. He had a plan for me to listen and to restore me and to encourage me mm -hmm. that I can for our family. You know, he had already had planned it before that. And so those verses are like always, always in our family. Because we always have struggles, you know, you were asking me a little bit ago about my husband's legs, or I learned that I have to watch my boys. Yeah, my boys don't have health needs per se, Yeah, but they deal with the fears of her, their sister. Um, they're constantly watching, you know, how are we reacting? What are we doing? How are we trusting? Mm. And even today, because I was praying about this. My my son looked at me and said, you know, God is our father. Mm. 
I know he's good because my dad is good. Oh. And I look at him and I said, you know, I struggled with that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. To me, it was hard to believe God was good. Yeah. And it was a good father when mine left me. Yeah. And it's hard sometimes because we want to picture a physical person. Mm-hmm. But God is our father and he's our heavenly father. Mm-hmm. But he also has a savior who is Christ to redeem us. Amen. He had a plan. He has a plan for our lives and he doesn't want to hurt us. He mm-hmm. wants to grow us. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading my Bible reading this morning, um, Psalm 144, 12, 15, it was talking about how God is our provider, how he is the one who cares for us. And even on Revelations, I was reading, I, I was behind on my reading. So oh, it's reading. okay. <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> so, but it was kind of fun because, you know, you're reading Revelations, like all the things that are going to come. And the Lord is going, you know, the waters, one third of the water is bitter, or one third of the sun this, and one third of the moon this. And I was laughing because I was going, you are such a wonderful father. Mm. that you're taking one third you're leaving us two thirds mm. and as as pessimists we want to know we want to go it's horrible mm-hmm. as a venezuelan i go you're taking one third i still have two thirds <laughs> yeah. and, and i have to remember that because yeah. as americans you know my american side says unless i have it all huh. i don't have none huh as a Venezuelan, my Venezuelan side says, unless I believe in the goodness of the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living, then I will faint. Mm. But if I believe in the goodness of the Lord, mm. then I am not going to faint because mm. I know he's good. Right. And his plans are perfect. And he cares for my children. And he cares for my husband. And he cares for our ministry. And he cares for our church. He cares for our community. Like, and this is, I, I know I talk too long. I talk a lot, but oh, one that's of my, why I asked you to do this. <laughs> my children, they go part-time to the school. Like they, we home at school, but they do band uh, at the school. And then they do like PE or art. Um, I don't like the mess in my house. And I'm, I'm not a sport person. So I love it <laughs> that they think about running out there. But anyway, um, so the last concert, I did not want it to go. Like, it was my kid's concert. And I was like, oh, one more activity. You know, it's Christmas time. It's just one more thing. So on the way out, I had a friend who wanted to visit with a friend. And when I saw her, I was like, oh, she's the one with the preemie baby. And I went to her and I started encourage, encouraging her. And it's like, oh, remember, Anna was a preemie. And. My daughter is now 5'10", and <sighs> she she has this meds now. She doesn't like them, but she gets, she had no seizures. She's doing well. She she likes to draw. She's smart. She's, I think God has done so many things to her. Mm-hmm. And, and I started sharing my testimony, and she was so encouraged. And then I mentioned seizures, and she was like, wait, your daughter has seizures? I said, yeah, but, I mean, they had not come back. And she's like, Okay, so my daughter is having seizures. And, and then by the end of the conversation, I was praying for her in the street, which, you know, here in Wyoming is cold, 
cold yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was like 10 degrees or minus 10. I don't know. Oof. But but all that to say, not to speak about me, but it was God's plan. Hmm. And everything in our life, everything, everything we do, we have to do it prayerfully. I, I tell my children sometimes when they're rude, it's like, just pray in your head before you talk. And as you're praying, the Lord will control your tongue. The Lord will control your attitude. And it's the same for me. If I am frustrated, I will pray in my head and go, okay, Lord, just help me. Help me to respond in a godly way. Help me to be an encouragement. And the unsafe and the safe and the young people and the children and the teenagers and other families, they are watching. And they are not watching because we're missionaries. They're just watching. Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to watch other people. And our testimony speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And we want that. We want God to be glorified mm -hmm. and not ourselves. Mm -hmm. Really, it doesn't matter if the day you die, she liked to bake or she liked to do this or her children were good. Yeah, it, it's sweet if you can accomplish all of that. But you want them to recognize that God was there, that God was good. That even through trials, God was good. Mm -hmm. And I tell my husband, even when we write our newsletter, I don't like to write him if I'm discouraged. Mm -hmm. We truly believe that we want to encourage others. And we want to make sure that even if I'm saying, yeah, my daughter had a seizure or she needs a surgery or my husband needs a surgery. But God is good. God is doing this and God is doing that. And he's providing and he's meeting a need. And he's faithful. And even when my father-in-law died with the whole COVID thing and whatever, we knew that God was good, that God was faithful. So every situation in our life, when I was molested as a kid, I could actually minister to somebody because mm -hmm. they needed somebody to minister. When somebody wants to kill themselves or loved one kill themselves, we can go and say, God is good. He has a plan. He will use it for good, even if it hurts right now, because it will hurt. And it, it hurts if our children are suffering or we are suffering. That is not good. But when we look at it in the eyes of the Lord, that our life are only this little time, even though it feels like a lot of time. Sometimes it's like, oh, we have lived forever. It's like, <laughs> same way. Yeah. But everything, we can look at it and go, you know what? I, I'm holding my kids' lives as long as God wants me to hold them. I'm holding my husband's life, my family's life, my family living in Orlando right now. All of them are together. This is the first time everybody is in the States. Every, everybody. Mm. And I had to go, God is good. I have my family here. And God is good even now. And he is just delighted that he can allow my family to be there and he is delighted that they're having fun even if i'm not there mm -hmm. because he is good so mm -hmm. everything everything in our lives is, is amazing mm -hmm. so we have to just look at it i mean so that verse going back to that one <laughs> we just have to wait on the lord mm -hmm. and be of good courage courage and i don't believe on you know i i I don't want to be 
like, well, my dad was a down person, so most likely, you know, I will be you or my kids or whatever. But I do have to be aware to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I do have to be an encourager because I believe God wants us to be. And when all these people is like, but America is going down and this and that and whatever I have to go. You know what? God is good. And God has a plan. And he can do wonderful things with our nation. And he can do wonderful things in our families. And he can do wonderful things in our churches or our ministry or whatever. We just have to let him do it and trust that he will do it. And that he will do it while we're here in the land of the living. And when we get to heaven, he'll do it all good anyway. (laughs) (laughs) It'll all be perfect. And, you know, I I think... um, you know, we can tell somebody that God is good when everything's going well. And it is, it's true. God is good when everything's going well. But I think, um, when, when we are going through deep trials, I think when we say God is good, it it almost like puts a megaphone on it, (laughs) you know, because it's the exact opposite of what people would think we would say, you know, it, yeah. you would think that when we're going through deep trials or just any trial, I mean, a day can be a trial. You might just be having a hard day. And I mean, that can feel like a deep trial, you know, just you're super depressed that day. That is a trial, you know, it might be a shorter one, but it's a trial. And, you know, if we can just still claim that God is good, it just, it really magnifies it does. How do I say it? It doesn't magnify the truth because the truth is always the truth. (laughs) God is always good. But when we, when we can say that during a trial, it does, I think it does magnify it to other people. You know, we, um, we went to this Christmas concert. I have a dear, um, friend here at our church. She's in high school and, um, we went to her Christmas concert and, um, there was a, um, I don't know her disability, but there was a handicapped girl in the choir and I'm probably not going to get through this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> she was in a, in her wheelchair and, um, they were singing this beautiful Christmas song and, um, she was really getting into it. And, uh, but physically she did not have the mobility to get into it. Like somebody who's completely whole physically right yep but for me her physical demonstration of how much she loved this song was magnified because she was so limited and uh, it made every motion she made just so poignant and so meaningful you know and it's I think it's like that in our life you know we just go through these difficult times and you just feel so crippled and how much more poignant it is when you can say, but yet God is good. I will, I won't stop believing it and I won't stop declaring it. <laughs> and I just hope that when we do that, <laughs> it's even more of a blessing to people because, you know, in the, in the world's eyes, we shouldn't say God's good. You know, we should become bitter at him and hate him and walk away from him. But it's like you said, and boy, that really hit me hard, Wixie. Thank you for saying that just, you know, and in Venezuela, if you still had two thirds of something, you would be rejoicing. <laughs> yes. So that was yes. really good for me to hear that. And I think, 
um, we just, we've lost our thankfulness in so many ways. And I know I'm going to say two out of a hundred times that I've actually done this. It's blessed me when I am going through a hard time and I can think, but what could I be literally thankful for right now in this very moment of trial? The two times I think I've actually done that, <laughs> it really helped me. And it pulled me out of that grief and that sorrow, you know, you're like, yeah, but there's still something to, to praise the Lord for and rejoice in, you know? Yep. Well, God has not given us the spirit of fear, huh. you know, but of power and of sound mind. And he wants us. I mean, when you read Hebrews 11, we are shocked by all these people who suffer and try horrible things happening to them or, you know, they couldn't have children or they had to build an ark or they, they were mistreated by their siblings or whatever it is. And that's what makes it grand for us because we go wow but they endure but then we always are you know like I said when things happen to Anna I was like no teach it to somebody else I don't want it yeah and but it's fun to look back because every time we look back we can see the goodness of the Lord so when I was in bed with my daughter I can look back at the truck and trailer that we lost and how God gave us the one that I was sitting on in bed and when I came to the States, I could look back of, hey, you got me out of Venezuela. And to have a special need child. And when you were describing that, every time she plays on the band at the school and she has a difficult time walking. So every time she has to change something and because she plays percussion. So, yeah. you know, she has to go through the bells and then she has to run <laughs> to this. And this. So I'm always like, Lord, please help her not to fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but then because of it, it has opened doors. Mm -hmm. But every time something happens, you know, if we disappear for a month, like they know, oh, there must be a camp or something might have happened to them. Everything, but they're watching. They're watching mm -hmm. our reactions. Yeah. And God is good. Yeah. God is very, very good. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that I'm always perfect. Like I remember on 2020, I couldn't even eat. Mm. I couldn't even swallow. Mm. It got to a point that I, you know, I was not even able to drink my coffee. Huh. And that morning I prayed to the Lord and I said, Lord, you got to help me. But I had never seen Americans fearful. I saw, well, if Americans are fearful, then this must be really bad. <laughs> so, but then that morning I prayed, Lord, just help me. And I had eggs on the, on the fridge and a friend knocked on the door and she had brought eggs. And at, at that moment, it was like two weeks into it or something. So she didn't even stay because, you know, you, nobody knew anything. So she left the eggs and she left. And Joseph came to me, our youngest. And when he brought him, I tell people I turned Pentecostal. Because I was like <laughs> falling and raising my hands to, to, the, to the heavens and going, thank you, Lord. Because I know you care. Yeah. And he had done it over and over. Mm -hmm. You know, he has supplied over and over. He has supplied for our children. He's a supply for our life. But we forget. Yeah. We are so human that we forget. Yeah. But God is faithful. Yeah. And he's not only faithful to Americans. He's faithful to my family at home. Yeah. And he's faithful to people all over the world. It's different. But I truly believe I was well taken care of when I had very little in Venezuela. Hmm. 
I remember a time when we had no food at home and it's not even like, you know, we American people. I had nothing to cook today. And, you know, we have stuff in the fridge and stuff in the pantry, but nothing sounds good. Right. But that year, it was nothing. Huh. And that week, we had three mango plants. Well, they're not plants. They're huge trees. Huge trees. And the three of them happened to be ripe. And those trees were each different. So mm. you had different mango flavors that you could eat. So if mm. you got tired of one, you just ate the other. <laughs> and and it's like, I have friends that sometimes get very overwhelmed by, well, you know, we should be prepared because something may happen. But at the same time, how much is the goodness of the Lord that he cared for us beyond all of that? Mm. And even, yeah, I live in Wyoming. So here, trees of mangoes, we don't have. But we <laughs> have plenty of antelope and we have plenty <laughs> In our freezer, but God is the one always supplying that. Mm-hmm. He always supplies our meat. He always supplies anything in my home. Like if you walk to my home, I, I always enjoy telling people like, this TV so-and-so gave us, and this bed so-and-so gave us, and this thing so-and-so gave us. But God is the one who supplies. Mm-hmm. And we got to rejoice that mm-hmm. he's using our life as testimony. But he's also, also blessing us. And we don't have to be afraid of using our finances to help others and to encourage others because he will supply for our home mm-hmm. and he I, will supply for our children. Yeah. I just finished a podcast on um, George Mueller and it was so encouraging. Um, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to read about his life, but just the prayers he would give. We were just listening today. I've been reading the book to my kids and how, you know, he had, oh man, I can't remember the number of orphans that he had at this point, but the, uh, the matron of the orphan house came to him and said, you know, Mr. Mueller, we literally have no food to feed the orphans today. And it's the, uh, the, the account where he just has everybody sit down anyway at the dinner, t- at the breakfast table. And they've got every, everybody's got a plate and their silverware in their cup with absolutely nothing in it or on it. <laughs> And yet he has them all sit down and then he prays and he thanks the Lord for the food. And then there's the knock at the door and uh, a man had just been burdened to make a bunch of bread for the orphans. And so he brought it to the door and they ate that. And then, then there was another knock at the door and a milk uh, cart had broken down and the milkman needed all the milk removed from the cart so he could fix the cart, you know, and uh, George Mueller says he just loved to pray in front of people and thank the Lord in advance for what God was going to do because he knew God was going to supply. And he just loved so much for people to see the amazing things God could do. So that sounds kind of along the lines of what you're doing. When you go through your house, you're like, God did this and God did this and God did this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I, we like to tell our children. So when we're praying for something, so and we try to remind them we don't want to burden them, but we want them to know when God answers. So even like medical bills, you know, this summer we had a huge bill with Anna and God sent a $5,000 gift. And we have Samaritans and somebody has sent the $5,000 gift. We could pay it. And then we were like, oh, well, when that finished, then, you know, you kind of recover most of it. You don't recover everything, but. You recover most of it. And then David's leg started and it was like, oh, we still have some money that we can deal with your legs. So, but God is the one who supplies that. Like people don't get given 
this money. You know, we're missionaries. So a lot of times they will do that. I don't know. The Lord just runs them. And it happens over and over and over. I was praying. I wanted to give something at our church. And somebody gave me three million. Not three million. I like to use that word. But a bag <laughs> full of jalapenos. So I could be jalapeno jam, which most people, a lot of people don't like it. But mm-hmm. I made sure that it was very mild. But it was, it's kind of fun. Like, even when I want to give to something, God is always applying for us to give. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because mm-hmm. he doesn't have to, you know, he could just provide for them and provide for us. Mm-hmm. But he even provides for us so we can give. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. Jehovah Jireh. Yep. God will provide. <laughs> yep. Well, Thank you so much, Wixie. This has been very encouraging. I literally needed this today. So I appreciate your, (laughs) (laughs) just your sharing your testimony. And I've, I've just always loved and appreciated you. I know, you know, we've not lived close to each other at all. So we haven't had a lot of time together, but I just have always loved you. Um, And I'm just so thankful for your testimony of joy. Um, Anybody who knows, you know, how infectious your joy is. And, um, and I think so many of us know enough of your testimony that we know that, uh, humanly speaking, you shouldn't have the joy that you have, but, um, you are a lover of God and, um, it just, uh, it oozes out of you. (laughs) And so I, I just, I'm, I thank you for your steadfastness and I appreciate your endurance and thank you for pointing us to Christ and, Thank you for being um, vulnerable and open about the things that you've gone through, because that really does minister to people who have been through uh, very similar things. And so thank you for um, just sharing your hope that um, that God is good. He's good enough to endure and that he loves us and that he takes care of us like a good heavenly father. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah. Well, tell your precious family I said hello. Okay, I will. Okay. (laughs) Adios, mi amiga. Okay, adios. Wow, my heart is so encouraged. I hope yours is too. I want to thank Wixie's children, Anna Grace, Leonard, and Joseph for sharing their mom with me while we did this. I also want to thank you for listening. Remember these verses from Psalm 27 that Wixie left with us. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord.